everybody. Welcome back to the No Regrets Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Morton, along with my wife, Carla. And this week is the second part of what we started last week, and that's talking about the need for marriage ministry in churches. Uh, as we start, last week we talked about, the based on some research that's out there, only rather 72% of churches have no meaningful marriage ministry. And last week we talked about uh, sort of, I guess, summarize why we think marriage ministry is so important in the church. Carly, you got a few things to say about that before we talk about what marriage ministry actually might look like? Well, I think again, you know, sometime when you say the word, I, I want to say this part because sometime when we say marriage ministry, everybody that's not married may think, or even some of those that are married, may immediately think, well, you can't cut out somebody the single. Well, what about all the young people and all the children and older couples and older single couples? Or if you've been divorced, I mean, what does that do to all those people? And what we're saying is it's a relationship model with, yes, marriage being at the center of it because that is where all of us came from. <laughs> came from at least a mom and a dad in a relationship. Not necessarily married, we not, admit. Yes, but in a relationship that, however good, bad, or indifferent, produced us and produces all human beings. And so the model is the idea that at the core of all our relationships, marriage is a center, functional part of that because the family comes out of that and then all our other relationships flow from that. And so it can, when you're talking about immersing a church body in this idea of marriage relationship model, you're talking about every single basically age within your body because it had within your church body because it has impacts. Yeah, and almost I would almost I guess we would venture to say we think we've talked about it as a marriage ministry model, but it's really it's a it's a relationship it's a relational discipleship model, which again when you strengthen the marriages the families in your church it doesn't mean you're doing that to the disadvantage or lack of focus on any right. other group you. That is going to strengthen everything because every person that is in your body is connected to other members in your church yeah. in various Marri ways. Marriage is just, it is the core relationship and so we believe, of society and the church. Yes, and we believe you immerse the what we're fixing to talk about tonight, the components that, again, infuse throughout your local body of believers and how incredible impact that can have on all of the relationships within your body and it, as an outreach. Yeah. And just so people don't think it's just us that thinks this, because, you know, a lot of times it's like, you know, okay. Who you care you? about it because you're, this is what y'all yeah, are doing. Because you do yeah. marriage ministry. Hey, this is a, a one quick uh, quote. Say that fast. One quick uh, quote. We have one quick quote. And I'm about to I apologize to this lady because I'm probably going to mispronounce her name. Okay. Uh, her name is Karen Queck, Q-U-E-K. Mm, okay. So we'll say Karen Queck could be, I would assume that. 
she's a seminary professor, Biola University, uh, Talbot Theological Seminary. Um, and she made this comment. It says, hey, one challenge facing Christian marriages and families may be the myth that marriages are made in heaven. Mm. While we agree with the divine purpose of marriage, this subtle surrender to a mystical union often leads to a lack of investment and efforts and energy in building strong marriages. Within the Christian community, a challenge we face is an alarming absence of discipling and mentoring each other for marriages and families. Christian marriage and families are significant institutions by which a lost world can see Christianity in action. But without an authentic community that will support and nurture strong marriages and families, our witness may be weak. Mm -hmm. It not only takes a village to raise a kid, but it takes a community to nurture and protect marriages. The fear of sharing our vulnerability often leaves couples and families with no safe room to work through their struggles. Wow, that's a powerful statement. Yeah, and However, it was, she says and it was all name. about it, the the quote was in response to research talking about the decline of marriage in our country. Yeah. So let's talk about what would a relationship model in the church look like? A model of ministry. And again, we're not talking about let's duo with everything else we're doing in church. This is something I guess you would say to layer into what the church is already doing, but with a distinct focus on building strong, healthy relationships. Uh, when we talk about it, think of it as we think of it as sort of a, a four part thing. Uh, one, dealing with single life. And you mentioned earlier that a lot of people might say, well, I'm not married. This did anything to do with me. me. Hey, single life and teaching them on how to have good, healthy dating relationships and later marriages, that's an important part of a ministry. Well, and the other thing is, what if you're single now at this point? We might call you a widow or a widower. Yeah, you could if, be single again. You could be single again. You could be You could be single again by divorce. And so there could be various ages and implement, implement, well, I can't say the word. Well, Implementations. Anyway, yeah, thank you. To that place or time. Okay. So that's one aspect of it is working with singles. Okay. And that would go everywhere from really middle school through, like I said, single again. Uh, marriage preparation. That's having a set program of how you prepare young adults or people that are getting remarried, how do you prepare them for that marriage? Okay. Marriage enrichment, which is really working with people who are already married, how do you make that a priority and help them make their marriage a priority? So how do you continue to pour into you teach it. things? undergird, strengthen the marriages that are currently existing within yeah. that body. Okay? And then the final facet is marriages in need. Mm. That you have something when marriages are in crisis, you've got something that you can either point them to or you have a vehicle within your church that can deal with they it. And that would be churches that have a counseling, counseling center, or... a center that have counselors on staff or something like that, or at least they know and have access and they can point somebody to that. Okay. All right. So let's talk about in this 
in this model that we've talked about and, and that churches can use any part or any way, I think. But last week we said to talk to your church and ask them, what, what? are you doing to support and strengthen marriages? And these are some of the things that we think should be part of an effective relationship ministry in the church. Uh, number one, there ought to be some type of mentoring ministry for married couples. Yeah, you know, it's interesting when you think about it, we we do that in some other areas a little bit because we talk about, you know, like even in within the youth world, we talk about maybe high school students working with middle st- school students sometime. You talk about middle school age, helping out with a little bit um, older elementary things in different ways and or forms. Or you think about even we go back to when we were growing up and we had college students that mentored us. Yeah. We had young adults that mentored that us poured as college into us. students, yeah. so on and so on. And so that principle of pouring into someone that is a stage behind you, that is a biblical principle. And so the idea that older women pour into younger women, older men into younger men, it's all the way steeped in God's word and principles. And that's how we, that's how we hand truth down from generation to generation. So when we talk about a marriage mentoring ministry, what does that look like? Well, it's basically this. It's couples who have been married, couples who have a healthy marriage. We're not talking perfect because there are no perfect marriages that are trained to mentor couples that are younger than them. And again, that could look really different. So we, at 40 years of marriage, we might could mentor a couple that have been married two years, and sometimes we do. But on the other hand, Maybe we're gonna maybe we're gonna mentor a couple that's been married twenty, and so maybe a couple that's been married ten years, six years, they may be able to mentor a newly married couple, and so it, you can be at a different stage age, and you could still be involved with this if you had an interest and a desire to help a couple that's just earlier down the road than you are. Yeah, and so. What I would say is I think if there is, and you know, I think you need more facets of a relationship ministry than just this, but I do think if there is any one thing that you do is to develop a strong marriage mentoring program in the church. Well, when you think about it, that would fill a lot of pieces. So let's say you've got a couple in your church or you're that couple and there's a couple that's a little ahead of you that comes alongside of you. And they end up being the couple that's sort of your mentors. And you end up, whether that's once a month, once a quarter, you know, whatever it is, you make a connection with this couple. And you begin to have somebody in your life that you begin to develop a relationship with. And there's a safe place and a wise place to be able to share struggles, to impart wisdom, to give advice to give some tips, <laughs> some, you know, tools that may be helpful and think about how that might turn a couple in a way that says, you know, we we didn't realize that this was something that a lot of couples struggle with, you know, and we're out here doing our own thing and we're kind of thinking we've got this huge, big problem and come to find out there's a lot of other couples that we realize, man, they've walked through the same place and they were able to shed such light on some of this stuff. 
So it's a way to connect. It's a way to make stronger connections within your body of believers. And so the fruit from that can really be powerful, I think, on both sides. And mentor couples say that about having a younger couple in their life. Okay, so after a mentoring program, uh, does your church have a consistent plan to prepare couples for marriage? Meaning, is there some sort of premarital preparation course or class that's offered by your church? We think it should be offered not just to people who get married in your church, and in fact, I think a lot of churches should require that, and a lot do, but even for couples that are part of your church that aren't going to get married at the church, but is even in the community. Could it be an outreach? Yeah, it could be a great outreach. Statistics tell us that a couple who goes through premarital counseling has a automatically just through that has a 30% lower divorce rate than couples who don't go through premarital counseling. Y'all, and that's huge. Even if you just share that sometime, drop that little nugget of stats to some people, that's huge to think that just literally going through that before you marry might make a huge difference. And uh, there's a couple of different programs, and, you know, the two that we use— Preparing Rich and Symbus, uh, but there's also other programs and other things. But your church needs to have something, and this is a great place. And a lot of pastors say, "Well, I don't have the time to do that. Anything else?" This is a great place where you can train a mentoring couple that their focus Might is, be on is the to pre- do yeah. the premarital prep. Yeah, and you know we've learned over the past years that we do that together, and I think couples really appreciate that having a husband and wife team to do their premarital counseling together. I think they relate to that much more than they do just a single man or single woman. But some way, somehow, you want to ask: Does your church have any of that going on? Okay. Uh, next, number three: What kind of support do you have for newly married couples? One of the, when you look at divorce statistics, there are three time periods that seem to have the most divorces. One is within the first two years of marriage. Which seems crazy. It does. Second is what they call sort of that eight to 10 year period. And that's when maybe kids have come on the scene and all of a sudden reality checks in. This marriage thing is a lot harder. This family, this is when I signed up for and you find somebody that bails. Okay searching for the myth of the greener grass. And then the final area is empty nesters. Yeah. And that's what we've talked about. If you've listened to our podcast, oftentimes couples who spend the 30, 25, 30 years raising their children and focused on the children and not focused on each other, they end up really not even knowing each other anymore. So, but let's talk about the number one time is in those first two years of marriage. So think how critical that is then, not only to do the premarital prep, which probably could significantly impact that. I wonder statistically if those people that get divorced within the first two years did any of that. Um, The other thing would be, what are you doing to undergird and support them? So, you know, is that some type of Sunday school class? Is that some type of... Is it a small couple? Is it a small group? Home group. Home team, um, small group, whatever, community group, you know, whatever you want to call it, that meets on a regular basis and they're together within 
like an age thing. Not you. I don't mean age, but I mean years of marriage, like within the yeah, first. Yeah, or even you think about it. We offered a we did a we did a weekend retreat for really really young couples, couples in the first couple of years of marriage at right. our church. What if you offered that every year for couples? Yeah, or depending on the size of your church, what could that look like? But again, do you have a way to take newly married, young married couples in some type of way that they are continually getting that ongoing sort of support and accountability? And and honestly, just working through some of those huge adjustments that happen when you're newly married. Yeah, we would often say when we talk, we share with couples when we're doing coaching or premarital that, you know, a lot of the things that, and Carla would say more her, that a lot of things she found herself drawn to about me while we were dating, suddenly once we got married, became very irritating to her. Oh, yeah. Mm. And, and so what happens is suddenly you have that kind of thing where it's like, well, this isn't really what they're like when we were dating, or this is different, or you find that certain things really begin to grade on you. And so you understand people start thinking, oh, well, I just married the wrong person. I right, married the wrong person. This is too hard. This yeah. reality check is the blinders, the rose-colored glasses are off a little bit. And some of that is is a hard reality for com- some couples. So, again, helping them work through some of that. Okay. So we've got mentoring. We've got premarital. We've got helping newlyweds in those first few years of marriage. I think the other thing that would be great for churches to do, and that's to provide some type of annual marriage retreats. Yeah. And that could be for small groups. I think that's real impactful. Small groups can do that. Sunday school classes together. I've seen other churches that literally they will take 50, 60 couples away for a weekend, pay for the whole thing for them to get them to do that. But I think doing something that you're getting them out of their element and away and away from the home and from TV and everything else so they can just really focus on each other and on their marriage is an awesome thing for churches to do. And y'all, I realize somebody may be listening to this thinking, yeah, yeah, that sounds nice, but I go to a little church or I go to church. They don't have the means. They don't have whatever. And again, some of these things may be more challenging than others. And there might, you might have to think outside the box to figure out how you might could offer this. But again, the intentionality, the focus that says marriages and healthy families and healthy, strong relationships within our body are so important to the witness of Jesus and what it means to belong to him and how we do relationships, we're willing to figure out some of these nuances of how you work this. And so don't go, you know, that's too much. That's too hard. This is too critical. This is too critical because this really, again, does impact so many things that are on the, you know, downhill um, the, the far reaches from everything else that we touch in our lives kind of coming out of what kind of patterns and understanding and truth that we know about relationships. All right, let's move on. Uh, I think the next thing that churches ought to be doing as part of a relationship ministry 
is they need to be hosting annual marriage seminars, conferences, or something that's at the church. That's different than the retreat where they're going away. That's doing something at your church, either a weekend. Uh, it can be offered maybe as you know a seasonal class yeah. or something like that that's offered for married couples. Yeah, that it really focuses, and it's not focused on parenting. I know we have parenting content, you know, uh, seminars and things like that, and that's important. But you need to have things that are specifically focused on helping couples build strong, healthy marriages. Well, and one of the things I think is interesting, or two things really. One, we've had a couple of times that we've actually gone and done a conference like that for a church. And it's, quote, a marriage conference. And it's, you know, it's labeled that way. People sign up for it that way. But we have found in some pockets that people that are not married come. And we thought at first, well, okay, that's 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 different. But you know what they told us? They said, if I do get married, if I ever get married again, I want to do it well. I want to I know what I didn't know the first time. I want to be prepared if if God brings somebody into my life. And I want to do healthy relationships even when I'm not married. Because a lot of the principles when you talk about marriage and the key components of healthy relationships, not every, not every single piece, but a whole lot of the pieces can be used in a lot, if not all of your other relationships in your life. And we say to parents all the time, the best thing you can ever give your children is a strong, healthy marriage. Now, you go to all the parenting classes you want, and you read every book you want, but we're telling you, the healthiest, best thing you will ever give your child is a strong, healthy marriage and a strong family because of it. All right, what else do we think that would be great for churches to do? Uh, and this one is actually one of the more simple things to do, and that is to have date nights mm. for couples. And, and there's a couple of different ways you can do this. And this is uh, one of the things I loved with is I was recently talking to pastor of a really small church. We're talking 70, 80 people. And one of the things they do on a quarterly basis is they have date nights and they offer it out to the community. Oh, nice. They provide child care. They provide, they feed the kids. That's a great outreach. And they outreach. tell the couples, you go off and just focus on you. You can go out to dinner. You can go to a movie. If you want to go home and take a nap, <laughs> whatever you need to do. But providing those is a great thing. We're real big believers that when you're married, you need to keep dating your spouse. You need to focus on each other. You need to have date nights. And sometimes for a lot of couples, that's just hard. Well, it can be financial. Yeah. It can be time. It can be a child care issue for a lot of them. And this it could be all the above. ministry for the church. And it's not that hard to do. Get the youth involved. Help them. Let them provide help. Yeah. Provide child care in some of these areas. It's just really one of the simplest and I think one of the best things that a church can do for their married couples. That's cool. All right, and two more. Okay. Uh, one, you know, even though we put the emphasis on building healthy marriages, we know that there's marriages that are unhealthy and that are in dire circumstances. Yeah, yeah. 
that there are marriages that are in deep need. Right. And unfortunately, we talked about before so many times, you don't find out couples are struggling until it's pretty much almost gone. Yeah. And so you need to have something. And that's whether you have access to counseling at your church, whether you have counselors in your town, or even better, I think, some of the things they have, what they call intensive marriage retreats. Uh, we're a real big fan of the one they do at Windshape up in uh, Rome at Barry College. Uh, Windshape does their own, but also... Focus um, on the family. Focus on the family does one there at Windshape. They also have some other locations. Yeah, at I think. other locations. And so there are locations really around the country of people who do what we call marriage intensive, and the stories they have are incredible. We had a chance to go to um, to do a host a retreat uh, up at Windshape, and we got to stay in the building where they do the intensives. And I remember when we first got there, we were putting our stuff up, and Carla said, all of a sudden, she says, Johnny, come look at this. And we go into the closet, and the closet is covered in writing of people who have written their stories on the wall. And they encourage them to do that. And later on, a lot of times when the wall gets full, they'll take out the panels and they put them up as almost like artwork around the building so people can read these stories. And they're incredible stories. Of God's uh, redemption, God's restoration. It's just... It really would blow your socks off. Yeah. I mean, it's couples that come to these with their divorce papers in in hand. Yep. This is their last gasp effort. And God does these incredible things and brings restoration to these marriages. And so even if a church, you know, may not, obviously that's unusual, that specific counseling training and all that, but just being aware of those resources or are they willing to help support sending a couple there, those kind of things. So just being mindful that that's a need that's, that is out there for sure. All right. And the final thing, and this really goes back to what Carla said at the beginning, that we're talking about relationship ministry, where a lot of stuff we've said have been geared towards married couples. Hey, you also need to have ministry that's devoted towards singles. That would include middle school, high school, young mm-hmm. adults, single again adults, teaching them how to have healthy dating relationships. Yes. Because healthy dating relationships will help lead to healthy marriage relationships. Yeah, I mean, just think about it. What if you, you know, if if what we're talking about and you've taken content that is healthy, strong tools that you help people learn how to communicate, you help people learn how to do healthy conflict, you help them to recognize and establish good, safe boundaries. You help them learn the differences in male and female and just a whole host of other things that could be a part of a relationship model and teaching that. Man, think about your middle schoolers. If they begin to get a sense of what they're wanting and how do you get it, you know, how do you get the marriage that you want? You know, and and let me tell you something. Uh, maybe a 13-year-old boy, not so much. A 13-year-old girl, yeah, they're already thinking. They know what they kind of want one day, even if they might not be able to articulate it. And so, again, you're infusing that throughout the life and the body of the church. So truly, at the point a child, a young 
young adult, middle-ager is beginning to understand, middle school rather, is understanding those pieces, yeah, that you're teaching truth. You're establishing what can be great foundations. Man, I hope we've given you some uh, thoughts and ideas. Uh, You know, last week we said uh, we encourage you to go to your church and just ask them. If you don't know that they're doing any of these things we talked about, just say, hey, what are we doing to strengthen marriage? And maybe there's stuff going on that you don't even know about. Maybe churches just don't advertise well. And we've come across churches like that. But ultimately... I think the purpose for marriage ministry lies in fulfilling what God's called us to do. You know, most people, they know what the Great Commission, Jesus says, go into all the world and make disciples. And making disciples and teaching them to deserve God's commandments really focuses around two things. Jesus said the greatest commandments, two greatest commandments, love God, love others. And when we teach theology and the spiritual discipline to believers in the church, we're helping fulfill that first and greatest commandment to love God. But it's when we do relational discipleship, teaching people to have healthy relationships, especially in the marriage relationship, because Carly, as you so pointed out earlier, that relationship flows to all the other relationships within the community, within the church. And we teach them how to have good, healthy relationships, man, we're helping them fulfill that second greatest Mm -hmm. commandment to love others. And I think in both of those, we ultimately fulfill Jesus' prayer in John 17, where he prays for the unity of the body. Mm. And he says, it is by their love that people will know that we're our followers. Mm. And so as we love God and we love others, man, then we see a church that can really change the community and ultimately change the world. So on that note, um, hey, again, we thank you for being along this journey with us. And we do. We have such a heart to see churches develop strong relational discipleship ministries. And... uh, you know, I know some people look at this and they're, oh, it's self-serving. They're in that ministry. And we would. We would love to work with churches. But we know that there's hopefully people listening this across the country. And, you know, we believe in the power of the local church. And, uh, man, just encourage your churches. Maybe God's going to call you to be a marriage mentor. Yeah. Maybe you could be, you and your husband could be somebody, you and your wife could be somebody who gets trained in preparing rich and you could start doing premarital counseling with couples. Mm. Or maybe you could sit there and begin working with singles and teenagers and teaching them the importance of having healthy relationships then. Man, don't just sit there and ask the church, hey, what are you doing? Maybe go to them and say, hey, I want to get involved in doing this. Yeah. And so that note, we say goodbye, and we just want to challenge you, as always, to keep on forging.